This production is brought to you by Ah, the strip club, an adults-only fantasy land of sorts. An escape from your reality where making connections or keeping the ones you have may feel challenging, strained, scary. The strip club provides a never-ending carousel of beautiful bodies taking the spotlight to entertain you, activating a very sacred stimulation in you as the voyeur. The strip club also offers opportunities to pay for up-close physical encounters with these individuals. It's an environment built to show you the best time possible, designed to arouse the most hedonistic version of yourself. And for this reason alone, why inquire about the lives, the efforts, and the individuals behind this magical fantasy land experience? Well, because outside of the strip club, there is a stigma that says this work is shameful. Some question whether this should be considered work at all. There are partners and parents and friends that believe the strip club atmosphere is unsafe and damaging to the self-respect of those who perform these jobs. There are inconsistent laws that stretch across the country state by state as to what actually happens in these establishments and a long legacy of fictional depictions of how they operate and impact those connected to the strip club. Today, I'm joined by Jacqueline Francis and Cinderella to answer your questions about life in the strip club. The red umbrella became the global symbol for sex worker rights in 2001, when it was carried through the streets of Venice in protest against the abuse experienced by their community. Shot here in the heart of New York City, on location at the Museum of Sex, I'm Laura Desiree, and this is Red Umbrella Talk. The following discussion on strip club culture and the profession of exotic dancing features questions supplied by you, the general public, submitted to our Red Umbrella Talk inbox and social media inboxes. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today for this exciting discussion here at the Museum of Sex. How are you both doing? Doing great. Thank you for having us. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, we've got all these questions that came into the Red Umbrella Talk inbox and on our social media. I'm going to get to those, but I want to start with hearing a little bit about both of your journeys in the profession of stripping itself. So maybe we can start there. Cinderella, please. Absolutely. So I actually started stripping in 2020. Um, I actually went to a listing on the stripper web, which is like, I know it's terrible, but that's how I got my start. I became interested in stripping because I was work studying at Body and Pole, mm -hmm. and they just had so much things happening at that time. It was like the Hustlers event was happening, Jack the Stripper, she had her artwork on the wall. And I went to the Hustlers event that they had at DROM and I was just so captivated. Like they do a lot of contemporary dancing there, but they made it a point to hire a lot of um, sex workers and strippers. And I was really drawn to the way that they moved. And I was like, I want to finesse people like that. Because yeah. I was getting finessed the entire night. I feel like the event started at eight. All my money was gone at 8.30. I was like, I need in on this. And that's where I started. 2020, like we're talking beginning of the pandemic era. Yes, yeah. But you still got in some club work experience during I have, this? Yeah. That's absolutely. incredible. 
Thank you. Right Thank on. You. It's great to have you here. And of course, we got some name dropping there of this one. Wonderful to have you here, Jack the Stripper. Thank you for having me. It is a delight. How did I start stripping? I tell the story differently every single time. So how do I want to tell it today? I have always been a whore for attention. And I've always liked small outfits. And I've always liked making cash. So eventually, that is a, like a logical direction for all those things to like become a stripper. <laughs> I hate waiting for people to pay me. It's rude. So stripping is great because it's immediate. So I started stripping in 2010 in Australia. And what led me to that? I don't know. What didn't lead me to that, honestly? I, don't, I think I'm really happy with having chosen that career. It's the only job I ever took seriously. And I stripped for 10 years. And now I'm out. Now I'm taking all of those things of like performance, excellent at getting money, talking and turning that into other avenues. There's nothing you can't do with being a stri with with your stripping experience. Right. It lends to so much about so success. Much. You can make anyone like you. Yeah. And that's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, there's so much wisdom we're going to uncover here. Are you ready for these questions from the general public? I want to start with one that kind of rocked me <laughs> when I opened up the inbox and, and found this. Get ready. In what ways is stripping anything more than the sexual objectification of women? In what ways is it anything more than just the sexual objectification of women? Who wants to take this one first? <laughs> I love that question because you're, it's so open-ended. Yeah. So yes, we know that women are objectified, right? Okay, and then what else? What else is stripping beyond that? I don't know. I think of stripping as performance art. I think of stripping as speed dating. I think of stripping as getting like a PhD in humanities. Mm -hmm. I think of stripping as entrepreneurship for femmes and women and queers, non-binary people of color. I think of stripping as charging for what everybody wants us to give away for free. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Just start. And, and access to a community, an incredible community yeah. that has just been perpetuating love, protection, confidence for itself. I, I, can you, you want to add to that? Absolutely. <laughs> In what ways is it anything I, more? So I just feel like people are so quick to diminish sex work. But honestly, I mean, I don't know if anyone is not religious or not, but I really feel like we're doing God's work. Mm. You know, like I normally wouldn't talk to these individuals on the street. So I feel like they come to the club. We create this environment, this fantasy for them. We're not just dancing. We are, but we're talking, we're listening. We're their therapists. We're their friends, their confidants. You know, and we're just making their life better by shaking ass. Yes. <laughs> yes. Were, you, were you aware of how much of that aspect would come into play when you entered the business, that you would be connecting and interacting with these patrons more than just as visual entertainment? Actually, yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot more dancing, but mm -hmm. it's, it's more hustling. It's more talking and actually acting like you're interested or being interested. There's so much that goes into it. Like, mm -hmm. you can be a great dancer and still not make money. You have to know how to talk. You have to know how to act and make them feel wanted. Yeah, powerful stuff. I agree. I think there's a lot of, I've discovered a lot about my spirituality in doing sex work. And I, have, I found a lot of healing in it as well. Talk yeah. about your spirituality through sex work. Well, I always think that 
like it's sort of temple worship and goddess worship. It's it's coming in and it's praying at the altar of a goddess, and you're often confessing some sort of sin or secret or something, and and you leave an offering behind, and then you leave feeling better about yourself without any kind of like attachment. It's yeah. almost a repetition of what we would see in other places of worship, churches, yeah. confessionals. Yeah. yeah, and I think in my own healing of my own relationships to men, especially, you know, I like I don't know about y'all, but like I have had unsavory experiences with men in my life before I came to stripping, and stripping was kind of this giant playground to troubleshoot a lot of those issues. Yeah, we have a question coming up about the relationships with men yeah. pre and post stripping yeah. experience. So I, I've been watching myself during this this pandemic. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Sopranos. I'm not going to lie, and a lot of people I'm talking to have been watching The Sopranos. And this question came in, and I wonder if it's from someone who had been watching The Sopranos. They wanted to know what involvement does organized crime have in strip clubs today. Is there a reality in how many depictions we've seen throughout movies and TV series of the mafia involved in the clubs? Was this ever a reality? Is it a reality today? It's not my reality. Okay. I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, I do see like criminals, sure. but I mind my business. I take my money and I leave. Yeah. You know? I'm going to echo what Cinderella said. I love that. Okay. I, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. I, 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 did, uh, I did bounce this one around with a couple people who were like, well, it depends where you are. It depends. When... <laughs> and I also kind of like the idea of, you know, lingering that mystery up there. We'll just leave it there. How about that? Because, I mean, I've worked in retail, and yeah. there's a lot of criminals going past, and people turn a blind eye. So. Totally. Oh, let's talk about criminals. Yeah. Like, what drives crime? Poverty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like these systems in place that keep rich people getting rich and keep poor people getting poor is shitty. And like people are driven to like, and sex work is criminalized as well. So like right. is sex work criminal activity. Like it's a great question. I also watched The Sopranos <laughs> and it was the right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I never need to watch that many petty little bitches fight about <laughs> shit ever again. Um, but and it, it brought me to a really dark place, but ah. but sex work, you could say a lot of people argue that sex work is criminal activity or that stripping isn't a real job. So just by us going into work and doing our job, you could say that we're criminals. Hmm. So I don't know how much time you got. Also, <laughs> this, this idea, this idea yeah. that anyone, uh, you know, who frequents these places, they must be involved in some seedy mischief or oh, seedy okay. behavior. Like, how unfair is that? So that's, that's, why we that's a misconception yeah. because, okay, there's maybe people who are participating in criminal activity, uh -huh. but there's regular people, bus drivers, teachers, police officers, right. everyone. Police Extra. officers yeah, are police. definitely engaging in criminal activity. <laughs> the biggest ones. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, here, here, here we go. This one's, this, one's, um, this one's just beautiful. What do you think about while you dance? While you're out there, under the spotlight, on the stage, with others watching you, what is going on through your head? I'm so vain, so honestly, I'm just thinking about how hot I look. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm just trying to, like, convey this, like, I'm hot and I'm sexy, and I'm trying to, like, look at people in their eye to try to, like, transfer that, like, yeah, do you want to fuck me? Mm -hmm. I know you do. Come tip me. Whoa. That. Whoa. That. It just happened right here. <laughs> you should feel that way. Hell yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. I mean, dance is, is how I 
express joy, frustration, everything. Like I, movement is such a huge part of my life and dancing has always been what I loved before I even became a stripper. So like, as long as I can catch my reflection, I'm having a good time. Well, that's dangerous it's for though. Me. <laughs> it's for me. Right. Like my dance, my expression is for me. And just relishing in that invites cash. Wow. Talk about like finding time to do your meditative uh, self-love work while you're at your place of work. I mean, not a lot of people are able to devote headspace to that throughout their nine to five. Bravo. Mm -hmm. Bravo. <laughs> how do you handle propositions from patrons for additional services? And how does your stance on it impact your relationship with other dancers in the club? Does it affect your relationships with other dancers? I mean, is this something you all explicitly discuss backstage and say that's the girl that agrees to do that? I mean, the people need to know. Honestly, the women or the people that we work with, they're very open and they're very non-judgmental. So if someone chooses to do extras, that's none of my business. I know that I don't do that, but if you want to do it, I'm not going to knock you. I've been in clubs where people are like, if you're going to do it, just, you know, but like, that's not going to make me look at someone differently. Like, oh, she does extras. Like, no, she's making her money. None of my business. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've done this job for 10 years. I've tried everything. And I used to feel really staunch about my boundaries. And then like, you've realized that I have an anecdote, actually. This is much easier. So New York, as you can imagine, makes you a really hard hustler. Like, you are all about getting every single dollar you can from somebody. So I took that attitude to New Mexico, to Santa Fe, New Mexico, several years ago, <laughs> not even realizing that that's what I was bringing, you know? So I found out at, at this club that I love so much. They're $5 air dances, and there's like a $25 VIP room. So an air dance is where you can da I can dance for you, but I can't touch you. Maybe I can touch your shoulders, but you're just supposed to like, it's, it's $5. Okay. <laughs> it's like air dance. Great. Let me get all the $5 from everyone. I was like, I was doing like, I use, I would use the other chair to like do a bunch of leg work. Leg work was a big thing for me and like doing all this shit. And then I had my manager come up to me and he was like, Anna, that was one of my strippers, Anna. He's like, He's like, some of the girls are um, upset that um, your, your panties, well, your, some of the lips are coming out wow. when you're doing your dance, and it's just a $5 dance. Like, that's what he said. And I was like, wow. Like, I was that girl giving too much and lowering the value of everything. Oh, okay. That was me. I was Walmart. What, was it? Part I was of the coming in and taking money out of everyone's pockets because I was showing everyone my pussy for five dollars. I didn't realize it. It's just like your pussy falls out of your yeah, panties. That's it the does. Point. Yeah. That is the That's point. why they go yeah. to the club. They're praying. They're like, maybe I'll see her butthole too. So, so that happened to me, and that was my real moment of reckoning of like, oh shit. Uh -huh. Like I'm not just trying to hustle all the money, but in so doing, I'm like giving away way too much, lowering my self worth. And taking money out of other people's pockets. And I had a talking to, and I was like, oh, shit. Wow. And then somebody slipped me a Xanax and slowed me right down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, wow. how, that's how we do it in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I took the Xanax consensually, by the way. I just didn't know what Xanax was at the time. I was like, which one is that? That'll move you and so And then I, then I stopped making molasses. money immediately. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've had the like, I don't do that moment. Yeah. And I still have those, I don't do that moments. And then I also have moments where like bills are due and that looks like a nice offer and you don't smell bad. Let's figure out what happened. Do people generally, if you give them the no on a request, have they, do they generally try another approach? Do they try and push more? Or is it more likely that they just say, okay, cool, I'll go to somebody else? Have you felt pushed at all by, say, a patron that was like not going to take no on their request? Yeah. 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 They're men. <laughs> they need to be scolded like dogs repeatedly. New York shit. Right Actually, there. women too. I've had really shitty. Couples. I hear that. Women. I've heard that. Yeah, it's honestly like, I don't know. It's hard to give it a, a universal opinion when this has been the last decade of my life. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Honestly, it's it's different because some people will get the message. They'll be yeah. like, okay, no, I'll move on. Some people will keep pushing it. Mm -hmm. I feel like couples. Mm -hmm. I've had like couples be really aggressive because they're looking for their unicorn in the club. So they're like, please, we're waiting for you outside. Like. So, and they're so horny and they want it now. Want and you're now. like, you booked the wrong girl. They also, they think that's on the table for anyone that comes out in something skimpy. Like, you're getting it wrong. Well, I think it's like the, the perception of female privilege in a strip club. Because uh -huh. if like a guy is like, well, I'm never going to, she's never going to fuck me. But if I bring my hot wife, right. maybe she will. Like, I think there's this perception of like women having different rules applied to them in strip clubs, which is not true. Yeah. I, I mean, it's something I've even observed just as an audience member, as a patron in some of these yeah. places, is that the bachelorette parties, you know, the, the hordes of women, they really feel that there's an interactive opportunity Yeah. in, in every instance of it. And it's like, what? Well, you got to ask. Yeah. You just got to yeah. ask because every club is different. Right. Every dancer is right. different. Right. We all have different boundaries. We all have different bills. Yeah. So Money when, talks. when it comes to safety and <laughs> yeah. let's just say there is someone that comes into the club one night and is trying to make that unicorn arrangement down the line, like how do you ensure your safety when you leave the club? Is there, have you been approached by someone ever to pursue you once you've left for a shift? How do you ensure that you're not going to be followed, traced? I'm usually very aware of my surroundings. I, I will have either like security walk me to my car or like walk me to my Uber. Um, I've never had, thankfully, no one like follow me home or do anything super crazy. Just like texting me because I gave them my fake number. Like I'm outside, I'm waiting for you. But I just like waited in the club and that was it. Yeah. As if that isn't creepy as fuck. It is. I'm outside waiting for you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if you had patrons fall in love with you before? I'm, like you hear about I hope this so. all the time. <laughs> what am I doing? It's, it's like an ongoing joke that oh yeah, that friend of mine he fell in love with a yeah. stripper at the club the other yeah. night. He fell in love with her. I hope so. Yeah, that's what you pay for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, our job. that's the job. Feel like you know the yeah. love is reciprocated. I've also had many <laughs> safety mishaps, so I just learned from every one of them. You know, generally I have really strict boundaries. Generally I didn't like see anyone from the club, but like I just didn't. I was like, I'm gay and this is just for money. That was the beginning perception. Now I don't even know who I want to fuck anymore. So it's like, but, but I've had many of many accidents of like telling people the wrong information or too much information and had really weird experiences. So now I'm just really elusive.
That's smart. Yeah, like, where are you from? I'm like, space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where do you live? Just down the road. You probably don't know it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's amazing that it has that effect on, on people who interact with, you know, the industry professionals, that they go, wow, I'm in love. I'm going to pursue this. I think that the experience we shared together is really love or is a genuine transfer of two people attracted to each other. And it could be. I'm really attracted to people who pay me. Like you don't like there's this perception that if if a if a patron isn't young and attractive and thin, I'm not attracted to them. There's like they're like like I remember the first thing a lot of people ask is like what if they're really old and gross? I'm like old guys are great because they like can't hurt me. <laughs> and they know they have to pay for it. Like that absolutely turns me on. They are, right. they are the best. They're the best. They are They're the best. So They're so grateful. sweet. Yes. <laughs> grateful. Respectful. Respectful. They got that pension. <laughs> All that good, good. Yes. Has stripping altered your attitude towards men, love, or sex, or all of these things? If so, how? I don't know. I feel like men kind of always let me down before stripping. Ah. And I just feel like now it's like, oh, I was right. You know, because married men come in and they try to go home with you. Mm. Married men are probably like your, your regulars, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I mean, dating wise, mm -hmm. I typically go for people who don't like frequent the strip clubs. Um, I've tried. Uh, dating someone who goes to strip clubs, but then like he's tipping other girls, and I'm like, what the fuck? What's happening? Like, you don't see me? Yeah, I was I was gonna just ask, what's the heartbreaking fact about the the man being there in the strip club that has altered your opinion of them? Is it that they're pursuing more than just being an audience member when they're there? I think so, because if you're just there and you're enjoying the right. art and you're tipping me and we're having great conversation, it's fine, but then it's like, if you're trying to take me home, I'm like, oh man, thought you were a good one. You would say this is a condition that most men who yeah. enter the club are? I just say men are always gonna try it. They're gonna try their shot, mm. you know? Men loving sex, Jack, I would love to know. How, do, how has stripping affected my yeah. relationship with men, love, and sex? Yeah. Oh my God, so much. I had a lot of healing relationships with men being a stripper. I really hated men when I went into it. You know, I'm a survivor. I just, like, I, you know, hated them. And I just, and stripping, you have to, like, confront them all the time, and you have to be nice to them. Like, I'm not a mean stripper. I'm, like, very nice and pleasant and smiling and cute and accommodating and interested, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I had to fake it. And eventually, like, you know, you meet people who aren't, you know, complete pieces of shit. You meet just regular people who have, you know, shadows, just like all of us. And I think just spending 10 years doing that all the time, I just started to see humanity for what it was, which is not all good and not all bad. Right. So more compassion for men, for sure. Men have a lot of healing to do. Mm. And um, <laughs> love. Love for myself has been a really a journey. I struggle with worthiness and just being able to acknowledge that is pretty recent. And then like working on that. So self-love, I think like kind of like how you were talking about um, being on stage and just loving yourself. And that being part of the ritual of the night is just a beautiful ritual to have in your life. 
So that, it really helped me love myself. And like my body really helped me love my body. I was bulimic for a really long time before I started dancing. And then dancing was like, wait, this is an instrument. You have to keep it tuned. You have to take care of it so that you can effectively do your job. Because I loved my job. And like I couldn't be injured. I couldn't be malnourished. I needed like fuel. So really helped with that. And sex, oh God. Well, today I just honestly just don't care that much about it. <laughs> Like, I, it's very interesting from a business point of view for me, sexuality yeah. and sex. But, yeah, sex is just about power. So if I need to go and get some power, I can use my sex. But, like, I don't – I've just drained myself so much of my sexuality in the last 10 years. I want a break. Yeah, I'm 34. I'm supposed to be, like, baby crazy and, like, horny as fuck. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how is this going to be worth my while? Mm -hmm. Like, why, like, I need a case. Like, present me with why I should be interested in this right now. I'm so over it. <laughs> so ten, over sex. Ten plus years. Yeah. The way yeah. that sex does affirm self-worth for people, even if it's mm. just fleeting in that moment, what does that for you? What would satisfy you in that way that sex does? Is it just the self-love you've built up for yourself from being in that experience? Is it, do you depend on that from anywhere else? What do you mean? Depend on sex? Well, or the way that, you know, you're, what you get from sex, what you get from sex, the way that, you know, the rest of the world would need to have sex to feel, you know, certain degrees of oh, self-worth and I'm hot. I'm with it. I got it. Applause. Applause. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my things. I don't know about you. What are yours? I would say money too. Yeah. I feel like sex is kind of like, it's like a transaction now. You know, I feel like before it used to be maybe something sacred, but like Jack said, it's like, what am I getting for it? Mm. What, what, let's make it worth my while. Yeah. You know? Like I'm tired of giving things for free. I've been too generous. Yeah. I have been too generous. How so? <laughs> I have accommodated other people's feelings way more than my own. And like, for what? You know? Was that from the job? Would you say that's... From my whole life, yeah. I think, of just like holding so much space for other people's feelings. Because that's what you do as sex workers, right? We're like, because we're providing. We're creating this space where you can feel sad, you can feel happy. No matter what, I'm going to listen to you if you're paying me. So used to doing this that you kind of start to do it everywhere. And then like, you kind of forget what you even need. This is why I should have been on that Dom conversation. I can't wait to hear it because I'm like, because oh, no, I, I have lessons to learn. I have a lot to learn about like yeah. not being a stripper, not making this space for everyone to feel really nice and safe because it, it came at my expense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that there were like years of life? Yeah. <laughs> that were that were lost to that entirely? I'm 34. Was there, it's been 34 was there years always an imbalance in your time in the business that you felt you just didn't give enough to yourself? You were... Well, I think it's just, I think, like, I'm a wasp, you know? So, like, wasps, we are very, like, uh, we just keep it nice and pleasant all the time, and we don't want to rock the boat. I'm, I'm very conflict-averse. I don't like, I'm Canadian. I hate fighting, but I need to, like, get better at standing up for myself and just being like, no, I don't want to just hold all this space for, like, like somebody who is, like, exploding emotionally. Because that... Everyone's drunk. Like, this is what it's like at strip clubs also. Oh, this is the, the hustle I ended up getting into was just, like, being around, like, a lot of people's issues and talking about them. And sometimes it was great. But then you're like, can I just dance on you for 20 bucks? But then, like, 
it's 20 bucks is 20 bucks, but like a VIP room is like several hundred dollars. And so you go for the bigger paycheck. Cinderella, you stepped into this in 2020. Are you feeling any of the, I guess, conflict of, of balancing when you're holding space for everyone else and also trying to, I guess, maintain that safety, security, sanity bubble of your own world and your relationship with yourself? No, I think that's probably something that I'm like actively working out because I kind of do feel what you're saying. Like, I feel like I, I'm always accommodating everyone else. So it, it's We're Aquarians. Easy to, yeah, it's an easy We're job cool as to shit, do. Yeah. But like maybe to a fault. <laughs> too cool, <laughs> too you know? Chill. Too chill. Yeah, it's like I should not have been chill in that situation. Mm -hmm. I should have said no, bitch. But I failed. Yeah, I First always time. think of like a, a comment to say after. But yeah. like, I'd rather just keep it chill, keep yeah. it calm. Because, like, fighting for what? Right. You know, and I feel like putting negative energy that I don't like doing that. I'd rather just keep it positive. Yeah. So. Does club work offer any benefits to the dancers? Such an open question. Such benefits. an open question. Okay, so I sometimes think, yeah. there's an all-you-can-eat buffet at some of the day clubs when you work the day shift. <laughs> so you get to have surf and turf before you eat. I think that's about it. Yeah. Like health benefits? This is what I'm sure this the question was meant to be. Was like, do you have dental? Do you have, you know, life insurance? That's not offered. Okay, let's no. open it up further then. Any benefits? Benefits. I got free. I got a guy checking out all my moles one time. I was giving him a lap dance, and he and I was like this, you know, and I you know what the fuck. And he's like, just so you know, all the moles on your back are fine. <laughs> And I, you know what's crazy is that one week before I had gone to the dermatologist to tell me that all the moles on my back are fine. So you never know. Whenever I meet anybody, the thing is the benefits are like you meet a ton of doctors. You're like, yo, I got a question. Uh -huh. You meet a ton of lawyers. You meet a lot of professionals who, if you're sitting on their lap, they're going to give you free legal advice. So that's cool. I've met a lot of people who wanted to save me. Shock. Shock. That's nice, yeah. right? What about you? <laughs> I feel like the benefit that I've received is, or most girls receive, or people who just dance in general, is just like the hours, the money, the, the freedom that you get from dancing. In a shift, I can make what I was making at my office job in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it kind of gives you the, the power and the position to chase your dreams, your aspirations, because, you know, dancing is temporary. You can't do it forever. I'm going to try. We'll see. But like... I just feel like there's no other profession that I know that gives you the freedom of, as dancing has. Oh, well said. Totally. That opens up your whole work week. My goodness. It does. When traveling to other states, how do you know the laws to that county or the rules of the club? Yeah, I know that it, it, it differs. I know that if oh I'm in God. Vegas, I can have a certain kind of experience. And if I'm in New York, I'm going to have a different kind of experience. So how do you navigate that? How do you know it? How do you learn it? Have you done out-of-state work yet? Yes. Oh, tell us That's about my it, favorite. Because I just feel like in New York, it's not, because I'm a pole dancer, yeah. so it's not as appreciated here. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I do when I'm going to travel is I open up Google, and I'm like, what are the laws here? If it takes me to, like, a, if I need a permit, I'll read all of that information. I'll find out how much the permit is. Um, I'll go to the club. I'll audition. Then I'll go to the police department, get the permit. And I also use a great resource, the Dancers Resource, I think it's called. Is it a website? It's an app. 
yeah, the dancers cool. resource cool. by dancers can, yes yeah. and you can just like type in like what club you're in sometimes there's reviews from other girls it's, it's amazing sometimes there's not reviews but most of the time it's like a lot of girls telling you how the audition process is if the club is like skeevy and all that so does the club not provide any of this itself by like saying hey you're coming in from out of town just a heads up you know you you have to wear the full back panties or you can't there's no alcohol here do they not prep you with that or you, you go in and have to you can definitely call them and yeah. if you get someone on the phone then they'll tell you that there's usually a printout in the dressing room yeah that's made by management it's like clip art of like you cannot wear this you can wear this do not do this you can't do this it's like it's probably my favorite part of the dressing room <laughs> it's like everything you need to know is like scotch taped to the wall and like poor grammar and like it's nuts that's how they communicate is, I mean, policy and law well and... well there's so many ways they communicate when i i mean uh -huh. so i went to hawaii to dance all right i got there and you need a tb test and i was like what like i don't need... so you, you had to get your tb test but i was and you have to get that before you get your dancer's license and i got my tb test but it was mlk weekend so it was a long weekend so i couldn't get it until the tuesday and then i didn't even get to strip the whole trip i went all the way there and didn't even get to dance in arizona you have to go and get a license. So you have to go to all these like beautiful government buildings and there's like 55 pages about your anus. You have to <laughs> sign. Yes, there's all these laws. Like these are your tax paying dollars, Arizona, of like all of these government officials hanging out talking about what you can and cannot do with your own anus. You're reading all, you're reading all, you're like, I will not let anybody touch my anus. I will wow. not let my anus be visible. I will not let anybody go near my anus. I will not reveal my anus on stage or off stage. I will not shit out of my anus. What? It's just like, what is there's just all of this paperwork about like your areola, like so many, it's like they spend hours of taxpayer money deciding what women can and cannot do with their bodies. This is not just about reproductive rights. It's everything, right? It's like being able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I filled out all this insane paperwork about my anus. And then I get to the club, and I'm under the impression this is a no-touching club. We get to the club. Everybody is just grabbing onto everybody. It was insane. The chairs were so close together, you're, like, crawling over trying to get to your customers. And but they say like, it's no-touching? And they say it's no-touching. So it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. So what do you do at that point then? I only when... lasted two days at that club. I didn't like it. It was so, like, it was so full on. It says one thing, but you go into the place. Have you been to America? And they're doing it. I learn more about it every, every, <laughs> well shit. said. I love it here. <laughs> well I love said. It. It's fucking crazy. Well said. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Let's see if there's, let's see if we've got any other goodies in here. I think, I really think we got it all. And ending on such a beautiful note about America, my God. America. Very. <laughs> a question I had really was, is there really no sex in the champagne room? I've never had sex in the champagne room yet. That's one of the first questions that came Yeah. Out. I don't know. Is there sex in the champagne room? Go and find out. Go and pay somebody a lot of money and shoot your shot. See what happens. Make case for yourself. Never know. You know, be respectful. No means no, or it means the price is too low. Give more. How to be the best patron in the club. Always give more. Just give all of your money. Just give all of your give money. Give all of your money quickly and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so much for answering today's questions. You're very welcome. Uh, for letting us in on your perspective and your insight. It has been a blast. Really. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Thank this you. is amazing. Thanks. Yes. Proud of you. So Thank happy you. we did this. Cool. Yeah. Hope you all enjoyed learning, listening, and devouring every bit of today's episode. As a contribution to the community, Red Umbrella Talk is making a donation to the good folks over at St. James Infirmary. Thanks so much, and we will see you next time.